In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, presented by Betches Media. This is an exploration of all pop culture, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. We're looking at you, Tom Sandoval. Folks, welcome to an all-new So Bad It's Good. This is your pal Ryan, and this is your Monday episode. How the heck is everybody doing? Did everybody have a good weekend? Is everybody stress-free, or is the stress just creeping up on you as we get closer to the 25th and then the end of 2023? Don't worry, folks. So Bad It's Good will be here for you to support you through all the ups and downs of the remaining portion of the year. Uh, and if you are keeping track at home, you now own, you have, okay, today is the 18th. You have 13 days to learn a new language, lose 20 to 30 pounds, and completely make everything in your life great. That is, you're literally 13 days away. You got to get it all done. Oh my goodness, folks. This is why you don't, you you don't make resolutions. You just don't. And then you're safe every year. Um, (laughs) I'm doing good. I am doing really good. Now I'm doing really good because we have uh, a great guest today. We have Troy McKeady joining us for the Pop Culture Roundup. Uh, You know Troy, of course, from Beyond the Blinds. I've known Troy... Gosh, it's 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 been God, it's been six or seven years. Oh my goodness, I, I go way back, and it is wild to think of where we both are uh right now in terms of, of where we started. And it is so amazing to watch all of his success, and I'm I'm so thrilled to have him here today. And he was he was on a little vacay and he still took the time to do this, so always grateful to uh to Troy and we've got to start this episode with congratulations to the one and only Sophie Ross who's here every couple of weeks for the pop culture roundup because guess what happened this weekend folks uh she got engaged our Sophie Ross got engaged to her fiance Henry uh let's insert the Britney I'm engaged. You're my fiance. Brittany, of course, from Vanderpump Rules. Uh, Sophie is engaged. And it's so funny, you guys, because last Sunday when we recorded, I even joked about her getting engaged. I joked about somebody ruining her engagement. And the funny thing is, literally on Monday, her mom reached out to me to let me know that Sophie was going to be getting engaged because she wanted to know if I was going to be in New York because she was going to invite me to uh, to the, the little shindig. And I was over the moon and I got to tell you, I was over the moon, but I was also like, I've got to hold on to this secret with everything that I have in my bean 
but I don't really talk to too I don't really talk to too many people. So it was actually way easy. It was way easier to keep that secret. But how amazing is that, huh, you guys? Sophie got engaged. I think that's just so, so incredible. She got a dog and she got engaged all in 2023. Now, if you get a dog or if you've had a kid or if you get engaged or get married or, or I guess even if you died, then 2023, huge year for you. Like it automatically, you're like, whoa, you did a lot with 2023. The rest of us, you know, eye of the beholder, but Sophie did something with her year and we couldn't be more excited for her. I was really just thrilled to hear that news and I can't wait to celebrate with them. Um, so congratulations goes out to Sophie and Henry and I, I can't wait to see their long lasting romance continue. Um, so very, very exciting news to start this week that, you know, it's, it's so great when, uh, it's so great when things happen to people that are good, you know? There's so much bad out there. It is so great when something good happens. Um, so also, just remember as I'm uh, kind of monologuing here, if you want to skip this monologue, there's a timestamp and you can skip right to Troy McKeady. If you're here to listen to Troy, don't let me stop you. Get to that timestamp right now and start it on up with Troy because we talk about a lot. We talk about pop culture in general. And the thing is with Troy, uh, with somebody of that nature, you can kind of throw out any notes and just talk. And it becomes a conversation that I'm just like kind of really excited to have. But we do talk about, we talk about a lot about Southern Charm this past week. And we don't talk a lot about that on the show. We go into Beverly Hills. Uh, we talk uh, Demi Lovato got engaged over the weekend. Sophie Ross and Demi Lovato got engaged this weekend. What a weekend. Uh, we also talk about Jay-Z. We talk about Puff Daddy or P. Diddy or whatever the F he's calling himself these days. Uh, we talk about uh, predictions for uh, 2024. We talk about Beyond the Blinds. It is a full-service conversation that I think you guys are really going to enjoy. But until then, I'm going to talk about a couple of things uh, that are going on right now. Some personal, some pop culture, and a mixture of both. Um if you like this podcast, as always, leave it five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Do that for any podcast that you listen to. Uh, there's a lot of work that goes into these things, and that is a very small free sign to show support. The other thing is to, you know, listen to the, the sponsored ads and potentially get something if it suits your fancy. Um, somebody, my buddy Sean, my buddy Sean actually listened to the pod, one of the podcasts last week, and he said I was like going on a rant about starting a cult and then it immediately cut to a better help ad. <laughs> I thought I was like, how, how amazing is that for timing of like, I could probably start a cult. This podcast is sponsored to you by better help. <laughs> I just thought, Oh, I love little universe things like that. Um, yeah, so do that. Also, uh, patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good. Uh, Maritza got the holiday cards printed out this week and she sent me a picture. She is uh, stuffing envelopes, getting them ready. Uh, she had her kitties around her while she was doing it. Not actual kids, kitties, cats. Uh, so excited for those to go, go out. She did a bang up job on the image once again. Uh, so if you want to be uh, added to that list, go to patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good. We're also doing a Patreon holiday live this Wednesday. So I look forward to doing that. Uh, you can come watch a grown man go crazy for an hour live as opposed to listening right now to a grown man go crazy. It's a subtle difference, but it's also a very important <laughs> difference. So that is that. Uh, let me tell you some personal things. 
Oh, so I told you last week, Bill Bailey, my dad, he went to Columbus, Ohio to visit his 99-year-old mom, my grandma, and he got back on Friday. And the cool thing was, you guys, is, you know, he, if you, if you listen to the podcast I did with him over Thanksgiving, he said he really wasn't, he didn't know if he was in a place yet where he wanted to put up holiday decorations. Now, I've said this ad nauseum. My mom always did every holiday up, and it was one of those things. He just didn't know if he was ready, and, and I was trying to respect that. And and then he left, and then me and my sister were like, F that, he's putting up those decorations. And I mean, we, we said it in a more respectful way than that. And, you know, I sent my sister photos of how mom used to do it. Now, of course, Kara's not going to do it the exact same way. Um, Kara's an artist in her own right, but Kara and her husband went over and decorated the house um, last week when he was gone and he was getting back on Friday. And it was so funny because after Kara did that, dad texted me and it was really, really sweet. He was like, you know what? I'm out here and I think, I think I do want to put up holiday decorations. So when I get back or when you get down, we'll put them up together. And I already knew they were put up. So I was like, cool. But Kara was freaked out. I was like, no, it's perfect. It's perfect. And so he got home on Friday. He got home on Friday and, uh, the house was decorated and I was like, Oh my God, you know, let me know as soon as he gets in. And he was so happy. And it's so funny though, you guys. So I overshare about my family a little bit on here, but uh, you know, it's what I do. Um, so I get this picture with him and my niece, Addison, and they're just so happy. You can tell my dad's so happy, but he's so happy that he has his mouth open. And remember over Thanksgiving, I made him a sandwich with kind of like a, like a hard French roll kind of bread, a big Italian sandwich that men eat while watching football uh, or what I've been told they eat. And uh, he broke his tooth. He broke one of his front teeth on the sandwich. And then we thought he swallowed his tooth, but then he kept eating the sandwich and he found it down the line. So that's a positive. Um, and uh, so he he went to the dentist and they're not, you know, they don't, they can't do it yet. And he was taking that trip to Ohio. So his mouth's open and he's got this huge, like, just, he, I mean, he looks like a better dressed hobo. I just, I, I waited for the stick with a little knapsack of just like in a little tin can or something. So he had that. And then he has a little bit and, and, and well, this is good. It's okay. It's a little bit of skin cancer on his forehead and they had to dig it out. So he has this big black mark in the middle of his head. He's missing a tooth, but he had the biggest smile on his face ever. And it made me laugh, but I was just like, I was telling my sister, I was like, Oh man, we gotta, I said, we gotta do something here. Like this guy, you know, he looks like he has literally been through a war and we kind of have in 2023, but, uh, I, I thought you guys would like that. So I'm really excited to get out there to him. Uh, let's see what else this weekend we went over and, uh, we babysat my, one of my best friends, his, uh, and his wife who I love, uh, they have two kids now. They have a, a relatively newborn and, uh, a two and a half year old. And uh, got babysitting duty. And I want to talk to all the, the parents right now, anybody with kids who uh, who's listening. And uh, if the kids are with you, maybe get them out of the room while I ask this real quick. Um, are they out? Okay. How the fuck do you do it? Like, I mean, like, how the, how the fuck do you do it? I am, um, it was, I had the time of my life. 
but I was a deep tired. It was like a uh, in my bones tired. And I was I was holding the baby. The baby was a little fussy because she realized a podcaster was there. And I'm, you know, and the baby was a little fussy. And then the baby just started screaming, just like, ah, and I realized I'm holding this, this living creature, (sighs) probably not going to get any more babysitting gigs after this, but I realized I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And, you know, then uh, fed the baby the bottle and then you got to burp the baby. You got to burp the baby. And so you're, you're, you're burping the baby on the back of the, the baby's back, obviously. Right. But then I was like, what if the baby doesn't burp? And I'm looking up articles. What happens if the baby doesn't burp? The baby burped, but I just sat there and I was just, I was just in awe. It was just kind of the miracle of life. Sure. But also that thought of just this, we're all like helpless babies. I mean, I'm a very grown baby at this point, but we're all helpless babies. Just, we need to get burped. We need to get changed. We need to get fed. And, 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 and we're, you know, these parents, you guys out there, you are responsible for getting us to a point that we can burp ourselves, that we can feed ourselves. I mean, some of you guys have, you really took way too long to learn all of that stuff. But I just thought, I just thought there, I was like, how? I was, I was texting with my friend Kate today and I was just like, how the f- frick did our parents do it like i don't remember being burped i don't remember i mean i know i was taking care but i don't but i this was like a six to seven hour babysitting gig right by the way got paid dick for this just total free of charge babysitting but it was really exciting real hands-on experience but what like how how just like how what i i know you guys that do i just I, I had a new appreciation for everything that you guys do because it just seems never ending. It's like, okay, I, I got to go home. I got to go home. They, I mean, they're coming back from a holiday party and I was just like, you guys must, you know, like when that thing, when you expect something to happen in the middle of the night, so you're not getting the best sleep because you know, you're going to have to wake up. That's what having a baby's like. You're always on that edge of good sleep. You're edging good sleep all of the time. Um, but their two and a half year old is just one of the cutest. And I brought over props as I do everywhere. I brought over my Santa hat and beard. I brought over, um, uh, holiday decorations to play. And then we played the frozen song. Let it go. We played it like 10 times in a row. She was like, again, again. And it was so cute. And then I was playing, I was trying to like test the waters with other music, some nine inch nails, a little counting crows, uh, just really wanted that frozen song mainly. And then it was really funny of bartering for, um, like, sc- you know, screen time. Like, she's two and a half years old, but, like, you know, she's supposed to go down around, like, 8, 8, 7.38. But then we were pushing it to, like, 8.30. And then she didn't want to go to bed with a pull-up on. But, we you know, we had instructions to get the – you had to get the pull-up on. So we, you know, bartered with her. And it was like, uh, hey, will – you know – you can watch another episode or like a half. A, they don't really even have a concept of episodes. I don't think more of the Mickey Mouse stuff. If, if you'll do the pull up and she was so, she was just like, you know what? Yeah, I will pull the pull up on then, you know? And I was like, what a victory. I mean, I think she, she played me, but it was still, it felt like, a, it felt like a victory. I, it felt like I did something. It was, it was. Uh, but I, I just kept thinking, I was just, I was excited to talk to you guys because I just wanted to be like, what, how do you do this? I mean, you can't go home. It is nonstop. I'm probably giving you 
agita right now. I'm probably giving you a panic attack just talking about it. But I was just, I'm just kind of blown away and scared and all the feel. I was just like, oh, my God, like you're responsible for growing. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I gotta tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Um, you guys got any big thing? Big things planned this week? Are all the holiday parties over? I mean, we're, they've got to be kind of over, right? I mean, we're really, really close. So hopefully you're good. Um... Now I want to downshift a little bit to uh, a pop piece of pop culture news. Um, it was revealed over the weekend that uh, Matthew Perry, beloved actor uh, from Friends, obviously, who passed away last month, uh, we got his uh, toxicology report. And, um, you know, they, they found out he was on uh, higher doses of a drug called ketamine. And uh, he was also in ketamine therapy, which, believe it or not, they had on an episode of Real Housewives of Miami um, on uh, Andrea, uh, I mean, uh, Adriana. No, yeah, sorry, I'm messing up names right now. She was doing ketamine therapy. So Matthew Perry was doing ketamine therapy, but ketamine therapy, I guess it only stays in your blood system for like, has a life of like four and a half hours afterwards. So he had gotten this elsewhere and he had enough in his system that was like enough to, you know, if you were an anesthesiologist would have kind of put you out, you know. But unfortunately, of course, you know, it's reported by TMZ, Daily Mail, and, uh, I got I got frustrated and really sad hearing the news, of course, but I got really sad that we had to hear the news at all. Um, And I think sometimes with pop culture, there is this, oh, my God, we need to know all of the information. And I think at a certain point, or at least for this, I just I was wondering, did we need to know? Did we need to know? What does that do for anything? 
Um, I was recently re-listening to Matthew Perry's book, which I do recommend. Uh, I think it's really great. It's very honest. It's very sad and tragic. Adds a whole new layer of tragedy now uh, that he's gone. But it's called Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing, a memoir by Matthew Perry. And uh, I started re-listening to it. And, you know, he narrates his own audio book. But he's very open and honest in that is that he's been in a lot of pain his whole life. And I don't mean physical pain, but like emotional pain. And for people that aren't in emotional pain um, on a daily basis, first off, congratulations, you won the DNA lottery. But secondly, um, it's a real thing. And sometimes there's no explanation. And that can even frustrate you more because you want a reason of why you feel the way you feel. And you're guessing guessing sometimes about like why your brain doesn't react like other brains and, and things like that. Um, but also he admits he was in pain. So, you know, he had been on opioids, alcohol, all of these things to try to not like love is one mother God, you know, but there is a, you know, trying to medicate yourself, trying to take that pain away, trying to disassociate, trying to escape. And you got to remember that any relapse or something like that, it, it's sometimes we, you know, sometimes if somebody relapses or addiction, you know, and a lot of you guys have that in your family or have that in your own life, potentially, um, you know, sometimes you'll get angry at, at people because it's so frustrating that you, they, you think that they can't seem to get it together and they feel that as well tenfold, but they're also feeling such deep, deep pain that each day is a struggle and your mind betrays you and you're just looking to escape by any means necessary. And I don't mean escape as taking yourself off the planet, but in a sense, you know, getting your mind to, to, to mellow out, to stop, to, to, like I said, disassociate from everything. So hearing this, I just thought, did we need to know? You know, I feel like, you know, it's horrible that he died, but he does leave behind a legacy of, do you know how many people he's made laugh through the years? Even if you're one of those people that like, I hate friends, it's blah, blah, blah. Dude, you cannot watch an episode of that and say, that dude is funny as hell and he is so talented. He is so unique. You know how many actors in Los Angeles copied his style after that? I was one of them. Can I be anymore? Like you can even hear it sometimes in the way I speak now. It's just ingrained. I was thinking about different, um, I was on a walk and I was thinking about different people that have like comedic styles that we then copy. And I was like, well, I watched this week's SNL. So I was thinking about it in terms of that. And I was saying, Chris Farley, right? Chris Farley, you know, everybody, I live a fan down by the race. <laughs> See, and we all did it bad, including myself, but everybody after Chris Farley hit, everybody copied that, that enthusiasm and that anger and that it was so good because we had never seen something exactly like that before. And then I would almost throw that to Will Ferrell as well. You know, Will Ferrell had this kind of, kind of this detached seriousness that never quit. And the commitment to that was just so fucking funny. And then people would start copying that after that happened. And, you know, uh, yeah, Kristen Wiig, I think, is another one. Kristen Wiig could do that, like, uh, almost, you know, not the target lady, but that kind of style of, like, 
you don't know what I'm going to say next. And it can be really nervous. And I'm going to, you know, it would be rolling, rolling thoughts. And it was something so unique. And then everybody you would see start copying it. And they would copy it in like, and you still see that. You still see people copy everybody in like TikTok videos. And you're like, oh, I know what they're doing. And I thought Matthew Perry was one of those people that had a unique way of saying dialogue, of taking the written words on the page and giving it a life of its own. And he did it so well that you can overlook it sometimes, that you don't realize until you try to do it. And you're like, how the F does he do this? So he did that, right? He did that. He, 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 he got his own corner. But if you read his story or listen to any of his interviews, he was so wildly insecure. He never fully realized it, but he also realized that he needed to make people laugh or he felt like he was going to die. It was the only thing that he valued himself in certain ways. You know, like if I, I, it's what I have, it's the only thing I can do. Um, and I just thought that, you know, that is such a legacy in itself on top of what he did for other addicts and other people throughout the course of his life as he tried to live a sober lifestyle and kept unfortunately slipping up until he slipped up so much that he really damaged his body really intensely um, and had to be in the hospital for months and months and really screwed up his insides. And uh, so his insides were very badly damaged and I just felt once this toxicology report came out, it, it just, it's like the glee I felt in which some of these articles were reporting it about, oh, he was, he was having, having to lick nicotine lollipops because he was trying to quit smoking, but he was also diabetic and he was also this and he was also that. He was taking this for this and this for that. And then, of course, the ketamine. And I just think at this point, what good is that information going to do anybody? What good is that going to do? Because I feel like the work he did for that has already been done. And I just thought, I don't sometimes want to know, and I might be in the minority, right? And I should want to know everything if I love pop culture, right? But I don't know. I think lately, maybe it's this year that did it to me. I just, I don't know if I need to know everything. And I think there is something to be said for letting sleeping dogs lie and letting somebody truly rest in peace and somebody that overwhelmingly leaves such a positive mark. You know, I mean, come on, like you had to have watched something of his that made you laugh when you didn't think you were going to laugh. And I think that is the thing that I want to remember. I don't want to remember what he took on his last day on earth, what they found in his colon, what this, I F all of that. But I wanted to talk to you guys about that because you might have differing thoughts about it, but that was where I landed with it. Or at least this weekend, I just, it kind of stuck with me. I, I, I think I read this on Friday or saw it on Friday and uh, it kind of stuck with me all weekend. And I just made a note. I wanted to talk with you guys about it. Okay. Moving on. We, uh, we have some good news. Uh, Travis Kelsey is able to stay with Taylor Swift because it turns out the Kansas city chiefs won their game today. So, uh, good on you, Travis Taylor does not have to break up with you because you, uh, were a repeated loser two games in a row. So that must be a load off for Travis. They are still cooking, uh, full steam ahead. Taylor Swift looked really enthusiastic at the game. And also it was Taylor Swift's birthday, uh, this past week, and we saw a lot of pictures, star-studded, Miles Teller, 
Uh, you had Haim, the, the band Haim, who I love. Uh, Selena Gomez was at certain events. Blake Lively. It was a who's who. Uh, also, Taylor Swift was named Time Magazine's Person of the Year. I got my copy, and uh, yeah, I'm going to frame it probably. Very excited for Taylor. At this point, though, do you ever think Taylor gets desensitized about how many accolades she's getting? It's like Taylor and Beyonce must just be like, like I wonder if they sometimes appreciate like a good negging of like, you ain't, you ain't shit, girl. Like, I wonder if that like was like, wait, what did you say? Oh, I love hearing that I might not be good at something like because they're just good at everything. Actually, me and Troy do talk a little bit about Beyonce and a little bit about Taylor because I didn't want to drive Troy crazy because he's had a little bit too much of of T-Swift and I don't blame him. Also, bad news and hold on to your coal mining asses right now, folks, because this one's going to hurt. People magazine were the first to report. That Camelot has fallen. Kendall Jenner and the artist Bad Bunny have broken up. And uh, I don't know if we should take a moment of silence. I don't know. You know, whatever God you pray to, maybe just shoot a quick prayer. Pray for both of them. They must be in such deep pain. Uh, And this close to the holidays. And also Bad Bunny, you know, if you, you know, you couldn't hang on. Just because I would have just loved to have, you got to hang on to Christmas just to see what Chris Jenner buys you. I mean, you, you, they do they do it up so big, you know, the Aspen trip and like what kind of furs you'll be wearing for the paparazzi. Listen, I had no skin in this game in terms of personal investment or excitement about their coupling, even though it's just fun to watch two celebrities talk to each other. I, uh, and maybe this also speaks to this year, I felt nothing. <laughs> I felt nothing when I heard about this. Where are you guys on this? I posted an image on, on the old Instagram and... <laughs> A lot of people, a lot of people, A, you know, like me, don't care, or B, are like, good, glad he left. Oh, and then it was like, oh, you know, I I just, it's, it's, but don't you want to know how long will we have to wait to know the real deal about behind the scenes of the Kardashian family? Like, you know, we always hear these lofty kind of rumors thrown around. Oh, these are contracted relationship, contracted, contractual relationships, all of these things. And I don't know whether what I believe, but I do want to know. I want to know someday. And like I said, if heaven exists, if there's a heaven machine and they let you know three things, need to know the JonBenet Ramsey thing, I might use one on the Kardashians. And I might use it like a blanket wish of like, tell me everything about the Kardashians. Everything from start to finish. Leave nothing out. I want to know about it all. I want to know Kim's first wedding, second wedding, third wedding. I want to know all of it. But uh, Kendall Jenner is alone this holiday season, and so is Benito Bad Bunny. So our hearts, all of our hearts go out to them and obviously the rough time they're having. Also, I think uh, Justin, uh, the old Biebs, Justin Bieber and uh, his betrothed, I think they're in Aspen right now. And, you know, Haley, Haley, we've said this many times, Haley is always dressed to the nines and Justin Bieber looks like, you know, he's just like, uh, his closet must be a mess and he just picks four things and none of them match. And then he usually, like this trip, I was looking at paparazzi photos, he looks angry. She always looks like the same. She always looks pleasant, 
really well put together, and Justin always looks mismatched and pissed. And I don't know if he's pissed because of the paparazzi, or he's pissed just because life just, it's, it's, it's wild, right? Life is hard, and I don't know what it is, but he always just looks so angry, and I always just want to like be like, hey bud, you need a hug? You want a hug? Bring it on in here. You want a hug? I, I just always feel like, what's going on, man? And I'm not one of those people that thinks rich people can't have problems. In fact, I sometimes think that they potentially could have a whole different set of problems that might sometimes be way worse. But what do I know? I drive a Corolla, and they call me the bad boy of podcasting. Also, in terms of uh, in terms of money and celebrity, did you guys see the movie Wonka? The Willy Wonka movie Wonka with the old Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet. Timothy Timothy Chalamet. Now, this movie made $39 million this weekend. And you might be like, oh my God, it's it's a fortune. But it's not, folks. It is not. Remember, we now live in an age of, well, we used to live in an age of Marvel movies where they would make $250, 300000000 million the first weekend. So 39 million ain't dick. Like it really was. I was expecting it to go 75 to 80 million just because I thought it's the holidays. It looks big budget. Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet. I mean, I guess you could argue Dune, but he hasn't really had that one fucking blockbuster. He hasn't had his DiCaprio Titanic yet. You know, Titanic Kids, you know, was so huge, was so huge. It lasted forever and just kept adding money, money, money. And then overseas, it was even bigger. And it catapulted DiCaprio, who was already a star, already had done Romeo and Juliet, This Boy's Life, um, uh, Marvin's Room, a string of uh, The Basketball Diaries, a string of amazing movies. But then Titanic came and it just blew his career into overdrive. We haven't really necessarily seen something like that of an actor at his age. But Chalamet is kind of that. But me and Troy talk not really about Wonka, but about movie stars in the in our conversation as well, because I keep saying this year that I think movie stars are done. Like Timothy Chalamet is a quote unquote movie star. But it's not the same. It's not all consuming like it once was. So you have to pay attention to these things. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I was reading the uh, the Hollywood Reporter over the weekend, and they had this great article about uh, movies in not just 2023, but now 2024 and 2025. And they said, for all intents and purposes, 2024 is going to be really light on new movies. You're going to have new movies, but not at the rate that we had them in 23. But also, we're dealing with, A, we had the pandemic, where none of us could go to movies. Right. So that was a horrible couple of years for movies. Then we come out of that. They start rebuilding, getting everything into production. We can go back to the movies. And then we got hit by the Writers Guild strike and the SAG after strike. And that stopped everything for five months again. And so it really screwed up physical production to make these movies. 
So 2024, you're going to have things, but you're not going to have it at the rate we were having that. And so once again, movie exhibitors, the theaters themselves have to really plan ahead and try to struggle to survive. Now, my real big idea that this, I, I'm so goofy all the time, you guys know, but my, like this, this I think has legs. We need to start showing Real Housewives and Bravo, like classic episodes, we need them on the big screen. We need to make events out of these movies. We need, like, I saw that Beyonce Renaissance movie and it was great. It was fun. It was like, oh, this is a real experience. We need to do that with popular television shows, reality shows. Make it a community again. Get people to the movies. You don't need new things. Put some money behind advertising old things in a new way to experience it. Like I was thinking of that the, when I went to the Sphere last weekend for the for you too. Could you? I could you imagine watching Scary Island on those screens? Oh my God! It, it would be it, what the oh God! It would be amazing. But you got it. We got to watch out for that, right? Like I I did an episode a couple years ago about really hoping that the movie going experience would live on because. Most people now stream and most people are watching from the comfort of their own homes. And I think it is one of those things. And I hope it's not, you know, I think a lot of people have to get used to the future, right? And things get lost, you know, things kind of die out. And I hope, I hope the movie going experience isn't one of those things that we just have to accept. And we were, you know, it just sucks that we got hit by that strike because we were kind of going, going at a, at a clip and now it kind of got swept under and we're going to have a year of not, uh, of not getting the amount of new amazing films out there. So I don't know. I was just thinking about that when I saw that 39 million and I remember when I was a kid, you would just, I, I looked forward to the E Enter entertainment weekly holiday issue with all the holiday movies that were coming out and the Oscar movies that were coming out. And they would always look forward to the summer, the movie summer blockbuster that entertainment, uh, entertainment weekly would put out. I love those issues so much. And I sometimes feel like some of that, that magic is gone. And I can't tell if it's just, I'm old, which is true, but I feel like it is kind of gone. I feel like, you know, with the, the, the TikTok and the YouTube and all of that stuff, it just doesn't hold the same excitement for people that it once did. Uh, and I, I, you know, I, I don't even know if I'm going to go see Wonka. I was, you know, it's, it's, it's fine. But uh, I was kind of bummed that it wasn't bigger. So hopefully it has some legs and it does uh, that it keeps going and it does turn into some sort of a hit potentially because I want movies to thrive. And uh, I think it's a really special experience that is worth uh, is worth fighting for. I think there are certain things you got to, you know, you got to plant a flag in the dirt and, and really, really say that it matters because I think it does. I think it does. Okay, I swear to God, two last things and then Troy. I just get excited talking to you guys and then, you know, all the plans go out the window. So, this fucking John Jansen. John Jansen from Real Housewives of Orange County. He's not even on fight. He's just, he was Shannon's boyfriend on Real Housewives of Orange County. And then he's dating Alexis Bellino, of course, an old cast member from Real Housewives of Orange County that's coming back this next season. Well, they got photographed and videoed kissing on a boat this weekend. It's like, dude, chill the flip out. Like, what the fudge? I mean, this is worse to me than, uh, you know, than Olivia and Taylor from Southern Charm and the Austin of it all. Like, this is like, this is gross. 
Like, I feel like John Jansen, you should not touch him with my dick. Like, you should not, you should, you should, no, if you're on that show, there should be some kind of state law or some kind of Orange County law that you're not allowed to do. I just think it's like, oh my God, because it just seems like such for the show. But when I say for the show, it just means we're going to have to watch Shannon emotionally break down when she's been emotionally breaking down for the past six seasons. And now we're going to have to see it even worse after all the stuff that has happened this past season to her. And I'm not unaware that she has created a lot of her own misery but it i mean it's just it feels like the ultimate betrayal and i feel like it's so gross and if i have to fucking hear john jansen on a like orange county negative like the heart wants what the heart wants i will vomit into a trash can like that will gross me out so much and i like alexis like she was on she's been on the show before i like her i i just i was so bummed to watch this and i just think it's such bad karma in the end who knows i know i I know, I know, but we'll see. Also, uh, shout out to everybody that liked the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills recap I put out on Friday. Listen, nobody talks about Sutton's dainty esophagus, except, you know, you got to say it with respect. You put some respect on that dainty esophagus. And I had so many people reach out to me saying that those small esophagus, that's a real issue. Now, Dr. Tiffany Moon, remember Dr. Tiffany Moon from Real Housewives of Dallas, the now defunct Real Housewives of Dallas? She made a great video kind of explaining this and also Anna Maria Wiley, the new cast member, why she shouldn't have said the things she did to Sutton about drinking with medication and, uh, I think that is very interesting, and I had a, a little bit of a conversation with Dr. Tiffany Moon this weekend. Uh, really always great to uh, hear from her. She's been on So Bad It's Good before, and uh, I, I really, really enjoyed talking to her. And I do think uh, she made a lot of sense. If you guys haven't checked that out, you should check that out. I put it in my Instagram stories today, so it might still be there when you hear this if you want to catch up. But how dare somebody talking about my esophagus, I say, I say, how dare that? Damn you, Kyle, using Amory Wiley to, to try to get attention away from you and all your misdeeds and givens, Kyle. My esophagus is dainty and it is a cute esophagus, I say, I say. Um, and then finally, Ultimate Girls Trip. A lot of people said they did not know that Ultimate Girls Trip, the Roni Girls, Roni Legacy, which turned into an Ultimate Girls Trip, the first three episodes are out on Peacock right now, and I got to watch those. And listen, not tons happens, but it doesn't even need to because it's just fascinating to watch their human behavior, their own brand of human behavior. I mean, listening to Sonia, you know, question Christian, Kristen Takeman about her husband's Ashley Madison purchases when all that shit went down was wild to listen to Luann say that her and Sonia both did not hook up with the pirate. It was only Sonia. That was wild. To have Ramona just anywhere is wild. Uh, and then Kelly Benzema. Kelly's just looks just as confused as she did when she was originally on Roni, but it is just, I will find myself just staring at her. Even if she's quiet, I'll just stare at Kelly Bensimone. Uh, Kelly, I just, I, I'm just, wow. And we're only three episodes in. I think it is worth your time. They're going to air, I believe, the first episode on actual Bravo, not Peacock, this upcoming week. So set your DVRs now, uh, but I think it is well worth your time. And I said this, I was on uh, Reality Checked on Sirius on Friday with Kiki and Monique, who, by the way, she is hosting that this week as, uh, as well on Radio Andy. I believe that's Channel 102 on Sirius. And uh, I think it, what's amazing, though, is that I, what I loved about old Roni, I've said this ad nauseum, is that 
they would all talk over each other, right? And I didn't think that was necessarily a bad thing because you could watch it three separate times and get three different things out of it, depending on who you paid attention to. And that, this is that same way. Like I love, it's almost soothing. It's like a rain machine when they start talking over each other and I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. Cause then you can go back. You're like, oh, what's Luann saying? And then you'll watch it again and you'll just pay attention to Sonia and you get, you're like, it's, it's like, it's like a David Mamet play. It just where the, the dialogue is overlapping and it could be about anything, but it was just, it was just, it's, it's just nice. It's nice to have those ladies back on TV. Uh, Real Housewives of Potomac. Unfortunately, I cannot say it is nice. Uh, and this season is still just wild. And Robin, I mean, talk about somebody that is just, I feel like getting a beat down within an inch of her life. And she didn't even fight to begin with. And she's just, I mean, her husband got let go from the, like, and believe me, I'm not a wand defender by any stretch of the imagination, but that scene with Candace and Robin, and then, and then Candace crying, Candace crying when Robin was there, like, it was like, I'll, I'll cry harder than you. It was weird. It was weird. Right guys. Potomac for being one of my favorites has, you know, it's not, I'm not saying it's fallen off. It's, it's just in a weird spot. And I'm trying to be able to find my words to explain exactly why I feel, but it just feels like they have bet they're better than this that's it they're better than this and you guys are better than this as well and we're going to end it there for today uh, i wanted to read this to you before we get to troy i read this and it made uh it made sense to me so i'm going to share it with you it made me feel good um i i found this on the old instagram it's by a poet alicia cook this isn't a poet but it i mean who knows uh she writes It's like we forget how hard December can be on our hearts, on our patience, on our minds. And each year when this final month rolls back around, we create these lofty goals and pack our calendars and smile really big in pictures. But then the sky stays gray and we have trouble getting out of bed, trouble getting into the shower, trouble finding parking, just trouble, trouble, trouble. Some call these feelings of despair and burnout the holiday blues, but it's depression. December is often a wolf dressed in sheep's clothing for many. And then our pre-existing struggles are compounded by the pressure to be our best selves just because it's supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year. December's impossible expectations of humankind could crush anyone, even those who appear to have every reason in the world to celebrate. Oh, difficult December. Please take it easy on us. By Alicia Cook. I thought that was really beautiful. And hopefully that made sense to some of you guys out there. But if it didn't, we got a guy that's going to make sense to all of you out there. Because ladies and gentlemen, a true artiste in pop culture, the one, the only, from the podcast Beyond the Blinds, Mr. Troy McKeady. I'll talk to you guys on Tuesday. Also, a quick listener note, uh, Troy was calling from a hotel, so there is a second delay. If I spoke, he would take a second and then speak, Um, and it just was the connection. So you might notice that, you might not, but I want to let you know that's what it is. He wasn't just not responding, so I just wanted to let you know, Uh, and yeah, Troy McKeady, here he is. Happy holidays, folks. It is so bad, it's good. The Pop Culture Roundup, and this Monday, 
I've given myself a gift as well as all of you guys because uh, we have a legend, somebody I've known now for years, somebody that I guess I kind of started with because I don't think I knew I was going to be doing this and I don't think he knew he was going to be doing this. And it is so funny how time flies and you see where we're both at now. Now, he is the co-host of the insanely successful podcast and amazing podcast, Beyond the Blinds, with our good friend uh, Kelly Laguna Biatch. Um, but he's just such a, uh, a g- great person. On t- Let's just start with that. A great person, but also just what I call a historian of these things that deserve to be studied about. And I think a lot of us now put like pop culture connoisseur or pop culture commentator. I do it myself. And this to me is a real historian, a real commentator, somebody that's earned that badge throughout his entire life. And we get to hear that weekly now. So Without further ado, the one, the only, calling in from New Jersey, Troy McKeady. <gasps> Can I get you to write that down for my funeral? <laughs> yeah, by the way, this is my funeral, Troy. So, uh, yeah, I'll definitely – I mean, do you I, – I do sometimes wonder what will what we'll put on our tombstones. And I was thinking for mine would be like Lincoln bio maybe. <laughs> yeah. I, I got to put something about Britney on my tombstone or else it's like what was the point of even living? <laughs> well, I mean, we'll get to Brittany in a second, but I do. This is a very special episode for Troy because this is going to be an hour of Taylor Swift, wall to wall Taylor <laughs> Swift. He requ- he requested it. I was like, if you want to talk about it, I was like, I'm not so sure. But he was like, I want to talk Taylor for a full hour. But I, I will say, I is it my to the computer? <laughs> no, it's I mean, it is weird because we don't I mean, she's been such a phenomenon of this year, and I guess a lot of years, but this year in particular, that I do wonder about the exhaustion level for Taylor Swift and her fans, because there's only so much money that that we have, that people have. And I do wonder, and I was leading to a bigger conversation and a question for you is, pop culture now seems to be at an all-time high in studying it. Like I was noticing there's a documentary now on Gwyneth Paltrow's ski trial. There's a documentary on Nicole Peltz's wedding with the the Beckham kid. Are we overstudying pop culture? Do you think there's a saturation point that's happening by chance? I think that there's a saturation that's happening. I think that a lot of people listen to podcasts and they watch documentaries and they think like, I could do that. And like they can, you know, there's no, there's nothing yeah. saying that you can't, which is why everybody is now doing it. But I do think it's like having a hot take is not enough to start a podcast or to like think that you need to like do a documentary about something, just in my opinion. <laughs> Yeah. Well, no, I mean, like I was like thinking today, like there could be a documentary today on Taylor Swift flying her private jet to these Chiefs games like there. You know, Mm -hmm. we're now putting a microscope on everything. And I just sometimes wonder if it's going to hold if if, if this boat is taking on water or if we're going to keep intensifying, because to me, it seems like when we were growing up there, there used to be, you know, like the cable TV, the MTV, the Us Weekly. And now it's exploded. And it's becoming more uh, niche at times. So you have these big ones like Taylor Swift, Beyonce, I guess Britney to a degree still because of her book and just the phenomenon around studying her behavior. But I Mm -hmm. do wonder of are we potentially getting to a point where, you know, like I feel like we for all intents and purposes, movie stars are done. We're done with movie stars. Well, I think for me, the big problem is that there's nobody there's no um, like specific place that we go to now to watch celebrities. I have to like s- 
be interviewed or answer questions. Like there's no, there's no, there is Oprah, but there's like not, you know, there's no like 4 p.m. Yeah, Oprah yeah, every yeah. day. There's no like Barbara Walters, most fascinating people. There's no 2020. There's no Dateline. There's no like, you know, there's no place for us to watch celebrities be held accountable for things. And now you have people, just regular people that get these celebrity interviews and they're all over the internet <laughs> and it just kind of doesn't, I don't know. I love it because there's more access, but I'm also like, it doesn't hit the same as watching Oprah Winfrey interview yeah. somebody at PM, you know? Oh my, or, or even I would actually even throw in Wendy Williams to a degree, you know, yes, of having absolutely. Wendy every day talking about pop culture. I thought that was a kind of special and unique, but I mean, I remember the excitement of Tom Cruise sitting with Oprah and Tom Cruise freaking the fuck out. Like that was, and to me, that was even before quote unquote memes. And I was like, this isn't, this is amazing that he did this or the uh, Tom Cruise, Matt Lauer interview on the war of the world's press tour. We don't really have those. Like if they happen, they can sometimes get lost in the shuffle weirdly enough because it's everywhere now. Yeah. And like to know, like I always say, I feel kind of bad for people like younger people who have their favorites like say if you're like a 21 year old and you love Billie Eilish it's like where are you really watching Billie Eilish be an icon like you're not watching TRL you're not watching MTV you're not watching Oprah devote an entire hour to her and ask her really intense questions you just don't have that it's like if if all we have is Zane (laughs) <laughs> of iTunes, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's kind of a sad <laughs> say, <laughs> well, Dude, yeah, Zane Lowe. I will say, I even get frustrated. I'm like, how did Zane Lowe... Zane Lowe, guys, he's like the Apple Music guy, and he gets the, you know, the big interviews. But it is interesting. I don't have the same excitement over Zane Lowe that I did, like you said, for Oprah or Bar- Barbara Walters or any of those people. And like last night I watched SNL, which I still self-harm myself every week and watch SNL. And then I went on uh, my least favorite platform, Twitter, because I'm a masochist and I typed in SNL. And I will say like, like they announced in January, they're coming back with Jacob Elordi and Renee Rapp. And, you know, I, uh, I saw these people like, you know, really excited that Renee rap like, oh, girl. And I really that made my heart feel good because I was like, I love when people get excited about things, even though I don't you know, I've listened to Renee rap's album. I think I might be past the age of really fangirling over Renee rap. Who knows? But it made me feel good that like people were excited about something. It's just weird when you're trying to like, I want to I want to catch that excitement. I want to hear that. I want to feel that. And I just, I, I guess as we near the end of the year, I just wonder, you know, where we're at with pop culture. And I, I hate to sound like two old fogies going, in my day, we used to get hard copies of Us Weekly, you know? <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I, I can only speak for myself, but I feel like I'm kind of on autopilot. Like I just, the news comes yes. at me and I read it and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not by anything anymore. And I'm like, all right, like that's a thing that we'll talk about. And like, Nothing really, like, makes me freak out. Like, I don't have that, like, running through the living room, freaking out. Yeah. You know, like, like, looking at Twitter over and over. Like, I just don't really feel that about stuff as much as I used to. I know. And that's the thing is that all we have is our internal clocks, is our, like, what, like, really we respond to. And I will notice even with Housewives, because I cover it now so much, like, I don't. 
Like I was more excited to watch Survivor this week than I was Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because I don't cover Survivor. So I get to watch that as a viewer. I don't have to worry about quote unquote hot takes. And it it was weird because I was just like, to me now, sometimes with Bravo, it's like time to make the donuts, time to talk about what I do (laughs) for a living which is so, but by the way, I realize how I potentially sound like an asshole, but it is weird because I love being excited about things. Like that's what I, I, I love that the most, but you guys, you and Kelly, you talk about this, but I remember you back in the day in your closet, smoking cigarettes, you know, you, you were doing exhaustive notes and research for the, the smush room back in the day. And, you know, it was a true joy because that was, you know, you, you, you were like the evolution of who I was as a kid, you know, and, and I just thought, it, it is interesting to like what we would now freak out about. So that is such a, I don't know. I don't know. I hate this to sound sad. You guys, I'm not sad about it, but it is interesting because I do wonder where we go from here. Well, I do. It's interesting that you bring up the housewife because it's, it's like, for me, I don't get excited as much as I used to about like a TMZ alert, right? For you, like the yeah. Bravo <laughs> is not as exciting maybe as it was years ago. Maybe it's just because we're so inundated with certain things. Because I, like, I will say, I still get like, like Bravo is like the one thing that still put, like jolts me. It like, it like don't wake daddy. It's like I, I still get a little buzz from Bravo because I don't. I guess it's not like my full time <laughs> gig, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, your your full time gig right now is speculating about Bradley Cooper and the the maestro rollout. And I was like, yeah. I was I was listening to your. You had a great episode this past week with uh, uh, her name, Kyle Marissa Roth. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And you were doing predictions for 2024. Could you share a couple of your predictions for 2024 in pop culture? Sure. Um, My biggest prediction. So my biggest prediction for 2023 was that Diddy would get canceled. And I was saying that he would either (laughs) get canceled like the the month before the year would end or like a little bit after, but I didn't think he would make it into 2024 not being canceled. And that was like my witch moment. Right. So now my prediction is that I think Jay Z won't necessarily get canceled in the same way because he's smart and he's really powerful and he's not an idiot like Diddy. He doesn't like start fires and then walk away from them. But I do think that more people will become aware that Jay-Z is like this phantom of the opera that like lurks in the shadows behind Beyonce. Well, I mean, he's definitely dancing at every one of those Renaissance tours. He was always out there. My worst moment of 2023 was watching Corey Gamble dance with him and Chris Jenner. And I was like, oh, God, what is the world? And by the way, I hate to go on a tangent, but this Corey Gamble, you guys, I my 2024 prediction, something's going to come out about Corey Gamble because this guy did a promotion for the Renaissance movie tour. And his whole promotion was 10 slides of Corey Gamble, like Corey Gamble by a private jet. Corey Gamble. There was like barely any Beyonce in Corey Gamble. Gamble's promotion of the Beyonce movie. It's ridiculous. In silks. Him in silks, no matter where he is. <laughs> Troy, do you think there's a possibility that we could ever do uh maybe I'll show up to one of your shows in uh Corey Gamble's silk jammy set and present <laughs> you with one of the Corey Gamble silk jammy jam sets? Maybe Honestly, could I do one too. I want it to be as bright as possible. I love his like neon orange and like uh, highlighter yellow silks. Those are my favorite. <laughs> Do you think Chris Jenner was like, sure, I'll let you have your silk jammy moment? Like, Chris Jenner seems to be the one. Also, we found out this year on the Kardashians, 
if you do cheat on a Kardashian woman, your future is limitless. Like Kris Jenner will get you a job at ESPN if you make uh, make a fool of her daughter like three or four times. Like Kris Jenner made a call to Disney to get him to be a sports broadcaster, Tristan Thompson. And I just thought that's wild. I th- and so it kind of shows you, we've talked about this many times. I just think the Kris Jenner of it all, you know, Kris Jenner could actually rehab Diddy and Jay-Z's image if she ever needed to. Listen, as long as you are a man who is willing to be a Kramer on that television show, if you're willing to pop in through a window and say (laughs) some some kooky line or do some dog psychic visit or whatever, she will take care of you. Like, Scott. Hey, it's me, Scott Disick. I'm Scott. (laughs) Hey, I just come in and do funny. Hey, Clojo, I love you, Clojo. All right. He loves it. (laughs) Chris is like, thank you for punching your time card. That'll be another year. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, Well, I mean, going back to the Jay-Z of it all, though, and I just want to point out, Troy is in New Jersey, um, and he's hiding out currently from Diddy's PR team and Jay-Z's PR team at this point as well. But I also want to let you know, if there's a little pause in between things, it's just because of a Wi-Fi connection, guys. I know Troy is deeply thinking about these goofy questions I'm asking, but I just want to let you know that up front. Um, But in terms of Diddy, Diddy kind of, you know, uh, a billionaire, all of these things finally came out that you have known for a while that a lot of us have known for a while. How Mm -hmm. do you think Diddy even, I mean, because he he got removed from his uh, Revolt TV, right? Like he owned Revolt. He got removed from that. He's going to get removed from a lot of other things. Where do you think his career goes? And in terms of Jay-Z, what are you, you know, speculating about in terms of him? Because we've always, you know, I still go back to the the iconic photo of them coming out of the elevator, which was one of the most exciting photos of my life, watching Solange go out of that elevator where Jay-Z's rubbing his cheek like he just got hit. And we still don't know exactly what that is. We speculated a lot. But can you talk about those two people and and where, where Diddy could potentially rehab and what Jay-Z speculating like what he's done through the years well i think when it comes to diddy i don't know i think that this is his big one like i think that this is like his harvey weinstein moment i don't think that there's any coming back from this i think that he is in a state of his life where or a stage of his life where he'll just have to like kind of resort to being in the background and live off of his millions and like be reclusive in his mansion i don't think that he can come back from this because i think People have wanted this information to come out for so long about him, and so many people in the industry have been wronged by him and have had money stolen from him and their masters taken from him or been assaulted by him. So it's like he he's burned all of his bridges. Like There's not many people that I think would be willing at this point to put their neck out on the line for him, even to the down to like his bodyguard who has been doing – all these crazy tell-alls about him on TikTok, like from the top I to know. the bottom, <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, I think this is the opportune time. Hey, Kanye will probably stick up for you at this point. Kanye will stick up for you. At, I think that's Kanye and Diddy will get together and talk about how yeah. they're wronged and the the deep state and all of that stuff. But with the, the Puff Daddy stuff, there was even new information that surprised me. Like, were you aware of the Kid Cudi uh, car explosion that was threatened you know, to his ex and that actually did happen. And then Kid Cudi, when all this came out like a month ago, confirmed, yeah, my car did blow up in my driveway. 
I was completely unaware of the Kid Cudi stuff. That was mind-blowing to me. I mean, obviously, I knew that he had been kind of holding Cassie hostage for a long time. And, like, I did do an episode about her for Dunzo where I really studied her career. And I was actually mind-blown by how, um, like forward thinking she was as a as a kid during myspace era like when she released me and you she did that by herself with no label just through myspace and she charted on billboard by herself like she was very bright and had a lot going for her and then he showed up and was like well you're mine now and he's he's bowser so he like took her and like held her captive basically and was like now you're mine and your career is mine and i'll decide when you perform and stuff and like i knew that but i didn't know like the attachments to men through Cassie, like the fight, the infighting, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's interesting because MTV, like, you know, they got us to know Puff Daddy in a different way. And I think we all make it like, oh, it was so funny when he made making the band and made them go get junior cheesecake. And like, oh, that was so funny. <laughs> and now, I mean, but like even think about what he did to Danity Kane and what they've been trying to tell like all of these years even though we like, oh, that person's crazy. She's just crazy. And then it turns out some of the things that they've said are completely right. He's just a very powerful man that flexes his muscle. Like he's he's the uh, the male Kathy Hilton in some ways. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and he's not been caught on a hot mic moment, unfortunately. <laughs> By the way, Lisa Rinna needs to come in and end Diddy. Like, Diddy, it's me, Rinna. You're over, buddy. Te- apologize. Why do you? Why? Yeah, yeah, sorry. I do Rinna as a demon, Troy, just so you know. That's not an actual Rinna voice. Rinna comes in with like a Balenciaga trash bag and she's like, it's time. Own it, baby. She's right. Re- Lisa Rinna is the yeah. one person who handled this correctly. Wait, Troy, we just have a good TV idea where Rinna comes in and, like, uh, institutes the cancellation of, like, it's time, Jay-Z. I'm going to throw you out with Harry's Bolognese. It's time. <laughs> it's just a different, like, hair system each episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Just think about how exhausting it is to be Lisa Rinna after Housewives. She has to show up at every red carpet looking like a different Ghostbusters villain every time. It's <laughs> got to be so exhausting to have that kind of fame at that age. Like, I mean, I think she's convinced herself she likes it, but it's got to be exhausting. I think Yolanda Foster must wake up in cold sweats because Lisa Rinna is like nipping at her heels at every single moment of the day. <laughs> Yolanda's just happy she doesn't have to sit around a piano all day, like, hearing David Foster tickling the ivories. Oh, God. Singing, like, chestnuts roasting Uh, over the fire. Oh, my God. I never... You know, it's, like, funny. Babyface had this amazing career, or has this amazing career, and my number one Babyface memory is just how many times David Foster trotted him out during the Housewives. (laughs) I know. about that. Well, then moving on to Jay-Z, though, like Jay-Z, there's been so many rumors. I mean, he really is a businessman and not to his credit, but he's not putting out albums. He's not going on tour. He literally has now, since the Lemonade album, been uh, kind of a model husband in a lot of ways. But what what have we heard about Jay-Z through the years or why do you speculate that in 2024 something potentially will come out about Jay-Z finally? Well, I think that Jay-Z is really smart. I think that he covers his bases well. And I think that, like, in the last, like, 
seven to eight years, he's really come to terms with the fact that Beyonce is the face of their relationship. And like the tables turned like at the beginning, it was like, what a come up for Beyonce to get Jay-Z, how cool it is for her to be on a song with him, blah, blah, blah. And then at a certain point, like he became kind of like not cool. Like he became like the dad rock of rap in a way. And Beyonce is like now the public facing. She's the one that is like, she's a, a media maven. She's so good at controlling the narrative. Like she's making the money, you know? And I think that he's smart to hide behind her because it just kind of it, like erases him from people's minds in a smart way. But he's also like can come out and sing deja vu with her on tour. And it's like not weird. But as far as like, his past i just think you know a lot of the stuff that pete like that i never know what to call diddy Ew. diddy um, i know he's changed his name so much <laughs> it's like, let's do like city for like cancel diddy like diddy or something something fun i mean he will find a way to rebrand as like something of like this has been done against him and uh, yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see because also with these people and Jay-Z included, they don't like we've seen it with Johnny Depp. We've seen it even with Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein is still fighting his cases. These people didn't get to where they were because they just lay down. One thousand percent. And sometimes I, it's just right in front of your face. Like, but we've gotten so used to reading about it that it feels normal. Like Jay-Z's relationship with Aaliyah is not normal to me. And Aaliyah Wait, to, being, to Aaliyah, you said? Yeah. Okay. Rest in peace. I just, it's unsavory and it's weird. And she was so young. And I believe, unfortunately, like these men around her were kind of like, you know, fighting over her and like passing her around in a really dark way. And it's Diddy. It's just like Diddy. I mean, Foxy Brown was like 14 or 15 years old when she started um, her career and – Everybody knows that he was sleeping with her as underage. And hello, look no further than Rihanna. If you expect me to believe that 15, 16-year-old Rihanna straight from Barbados who was – who Jay-Z was the only one that really knew her at that point and she was under his thumb. If you expect me to believe that he wasn't sleeping with a teenage Rihanna, come on. Same thing with Rita Ora. Like there are so many women. Wait, she was only – wait, Troy, she was only 16 when she came over? He discovered Rihanna? her as a teenager. Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. And Rita Ora. Yeah, because I always I heard the rumors about Rita Ora, um, but that's wild. And then, I mean, in terms, uh, God, in, in terms of pop culture, though, what then happens when somebody grows up, realizes their behavior was unsavory, not even unsavory, but criminal in certain ways? You know, where do we go from this? And as a culture, I, I find it interesting. Even I, I don't really want to talk about Kanye, but I was listening to his rant the other night in Vegas, mm-hmm. which was, you know, I love the people that are like, yeah, listen to him. He's real. Hey, he's spitting truth. Like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, he's real spitting truth. But he uh, he was talking about how they he's like, I I they were trying to do a surviving Kanye, like surviving R. Kelly, that uh, that uh, great uh, show they, they did a couple years ago. And he mentioned something about that. And I was like, oh, wow. I didn't even realize that was in the works surviving Kanye, but it is interesting. Like where, I mean, what is, I I guess when you look fast forward 10 to 15 to 20 years on this behavior, where, where 
where should things go? Like, what what is the appropriate measures to be taken for for some of these people? Like, and will it go further with Diddy in terms of he settled? Obviously, he he settled with his ex um, immediately after this broke the press. He settled within a day. That was done. Mm-hmm. But a lot of other people have come forward. I mean, what do you expect to happen? Well, I think that unfortunately it's a really, 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 really slow burn because people are very unwilling to accept um, the truth about people that they love. And I, I've always subscribed to the idea that like you literally have to separate the art from the artist if you want to indulge in movies and TV shows and music because you have no choice. Like anything that you engage with in some way is rotted. And I think – it's okay to be like, yeah, I love this Jay-Z album, but he's a piece of shit. And like, do I want to yeah. eat him? No. Do I want to eat dinner with him? No. Do I want to be friends with him? Absolutely not. But I like 99 problems. And like that's – it just is what it is. And if <laughs> I think if people can come to terms with that and not feel like they are praying to a church if they buy somebody's album, like it's not that deep. Jay-Z is not a deity. He's not a fucking – he's not a god he's just some guy like you know what i mean it's just to me it's not so that you can't have those two things be true but people really struggle with that you know well do you think there's something in there of like he's not a god by any sense but beyonce i don't think she necessarily i mean i'm not saying she positions herself as a god but we do look to her as a god and i wonder if jay-z at some point said Listen, I can't even touch this. Like I, like I can't even touch. It's better that I just shut the fuck up and support because she is on such a like her own track right now. That mm-hmm. is like because even if you compare to her and Taylor, which I'm not comparing in the sense of like pitting two women against each other, but she's managed to make just as much money in certain ways, but also have this artistic bent in almost an alternative art sense that Taylor mm-hmm. is not able to have. And I do wonder if that played a part in Jay Z, obviously stepping back of like yeah i'll never be that so you'll get this when i say this because i i say this all the time beyonce to me is the last like artist that truly she presents herself as an old school artist like in the way that like michael and prince used to and madonna yeah like yeah where it's like are like yeah you are human allegedly like but you really do kind of <laughs> as like an above human, you know, and I like that. Like, I like when an artist is like, no, I'm an artist. Like this is, I'm full, I'm in it. Yeah. And you're not going to catch me at the grocery store, like in flip flops. Like I am, I live this every single day. I live it, eat it, breathe it. And she's like a Michael Jackson in that way where she's like, I'm, she's fully in her, like, I'm a God era where in the same way that Michael was yeah. like, build a statue of himself and it wasn't weird because we at we had already been kind of brainwashed to think that he was this like guy <laughs> well, well troy let's the statue was a little weird i mean the kind of the the military outfits did get to me towards the end but you're right no i i know exactly what you're saying and you know what's so great about beyonce is to see her and she's done this in such a beautiful way in in uh is her discovering art like her discovering art and like, you know, deeper meanings of art. And I don't mean in the sense of like, oh, the Kardashians bought another James Terrell. Oh, yeah. wow. Like, you know, it's like they just thought they were told that was hip and cool. And then they have this deeper appreciation of it. But Beyonce, you it, it seems or it reads to me or that's what she's trying to like is that she does have this appreciation of art. And she also wants to show herself in this art 
and create other art from it. And I think that's such an interesting conversation to have. The only thing that scares me when you make that comparison, Troy, is that she has allegedly been able to ground herself with her family and her children. But those other artists you named, Prince, Michael Jackson, are no longer with us. We found out after the fact that Prince had an insane drug issue that he was able to hide from everybody. Michael Mm -hmm. Jackson went through so many things. And Madonna, we've seen, we almost lost Madonna this year. And now she's on her tour and it's going really well. But I was really scared for Madonna at a certain point. That's the one thing I wonder about in the future with Beyonce is... Will she have that element of the op, you know, the the bad part of fame and success? I mean, honestly, I don't think we've ever seen anybody do it like her. And I would not be surprised because she really is like she really leans into that like pageant, perfect, nothing, not a thread is out of place, not a note is ever missed. Like she's always perfect. Like she is pageantry down all the time and not even michael was like that like the the level of perfection was i've never seen an artist like live that way it's like actually insane so i'm sure behind the scenes like i wouldn't be now this is a listen i'm just saying like based on what you said and based on what we've learned from other artists and their struggles like i wouldn't be surprised if beyonce was like struggling behind the scenes or like if we found out in like some behind the music type type thing in 10 years that this whole time she had some sort of issue because it's a lot like that pressure must be insane troy mc Troy McKeady from Beyond the Blind says in 2024, we are going to find out a dark secret about Beyonce. He's an expert. Let's lay it down. This is the pull quote, you guys. Please spread this out. Well, speaking of, uh, well, by the way, I bet one of her secret behind the scenes tragedies is she has a small esophagus. And to, to separate the art from the artist, I do want to transition to the housewives because this week's Beverly Hills Uh, we found out that Sutton has a dainty esophagus and she was esophagus shamed by newcomer Anna Marie Wiley, who if you look into Anna Marie, I was already kind of poisoned on her by reading certain things before she popped up. So I am not thrilled. I don't even really enjoyed watching her family life scene. Where are you on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills this season, Troy? Well, I just want to first say that as a physician, I just find it weird (laughs) that you can't swallow food. And I mean, as a doctor, <laughs> I would know this. I would know if you couldn't tell a fair. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, is this really how you're, you're going to try and introduce? Like, this is your moment. This is your, like. She wants it so is- bad. She wants it so bad. Oh, <laughs> you tell. so pathetic. Um, I'm, I'm deep in Beverly Hills, as I always am. Even though I complain about it all the time, I would never miss it. Um, and I just. Yeah, the Kyle of it all is interesting. Like it's it's crazy to see Kyle finally have like this moment that we've kind of been like inching towards for so many. I mean, it's thirteen seasons. Thirteen seasons. Brandy bringing the the tabloids on vacation. You know, like it's been so long, and she's kind of fumbling it. Well, I mean, okay, speaking of fumbling it, though, we had that really important scene where she finally, you know, we were able to talk about Loreen, her best friend, you know, who unalived herself. And we talked about this, you guys, on Friday's recap. And I thought that was a really important scene just to 
provide a little context, but mm-hmm. it is interesting for 13 seasons, 12 of those, Kyle has kind of fought against sharing personal things and has hid from a lot of things, even though there's the most to dig into with her and her family. It mm-hmm. is finally all coming out. And I really was shocked that Kyle decided to still do this season. And I almost feel like there's an ego in it where she potentially should have sat out. I'm glad she didn't, but it's all coming out because you got Mauricio, you got her friend, you've got her working out and not drinking anymore, and you've got, uh, I'm Morgan, Morgan Wade. She stopped me. <laughs> we got the Morgan Wade of it all. Like, it is a lot for her to handle because she's yeah. used to not sharing anything. So, essentially, you've had this interesting fight of Sutton and Kyle going head-to-head, and at the end of the day, if you don't even like Sutton, you guys, that's fine, but Sutton is right. Something's going on with you, Kyle. Something's Mm -hmm. going on with you. And (laughs) what, I mean, do you find it fascinating of Sutton and Garcelle, to a degree, Garcelle better, but trying to bring it onto the show? It's almost like these shows are Survivor, and they're trying to pull it into the light so they can talk about it, and Kyle's trying to be like, you have a a small esophagus. Let's talk about that. (laughs) Well, the, it's funny because it's like this is one of the first times we've ever seen Kyle not have somebody to be able to hide behind, right? She can't hide behind Kathy. Yep. She can't hide behind Ken. She can't hide behind her sister being an addict. She can't hide behind her family trauma and how they grew up and big calf. None of those things can 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 hide from can hide her from this moment where it's like what is really going on with your marriage and has he just been openly cheating on you for your entire relationship which is what everybody has always said you know and i mean it was yeah. just such a you would think that for somebody who was so cuz a lot of people will say you know that Kyle produces the show and she has a lot of control over who's fired and who's not and whatever. But, and you would think that for somebody who's basically like, what's it called when you're like a higher up in football, like a, like a MVP or something. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I love that Troy asked me like, I'm an, uh, I'm fucking uh, coach, like a coach. <laughs> you're a, a most executive like... player or whatever. Yeah. You're not on the bench. That's for sure. You're Kyle yeah. fucking Richard. And you would think that after so many years, like she would be a little bit more equipped to handle this, but she's spiraling out like a new housewife. Well, it's the first time we've seen her in this position. And that's what I find interesting about watching the show, but it's always interesting to watch these shows as I get further into watching them, it's like you watch the show that the producers are presenting, but then there's a show behind the show where you're Mm -hmm. watching everybody fight to keep storylines off, to get Mm -hmm. storylines on, Anna Marie's trying to make make her bones, you know, like Angie Katsanavis on Salt Lake City. You could tell she had like a similar desperation, but she doesn't do it as like, you know, it's almost funny when Angie does it because she's so, you know, there's a goofiness to it that I don't even think she realizes she has. But with Anna Marie, you're just like, dude, like it's already exhausting and you've only been in two episodes. But it is this game that I find interesting to watch. And Sutton. Sutton has so many little peccadillos and quirks about her that she's an unreliable narrator. So we want, you know, a lot of people be like, oh, well, fuck Sutton. Like, I I don't even like she's a kook. But Sutton does have a point. And Kyle is using that a lot of people just kind of think that Sutton's crazy to keep her stuff from coming out. But it is seeming like, and aren't you excited to find out? uh, We saw in the midseason trailer when the other women start talking about Morgan. Oh my God. I First of all, okay, let me just add to your Sutton point because I was talking about this last night with my friend Katie. So 
Sutton is like really interesting because she's not she's not necessarily the housewife that's equipped to like make the full ass touchdown, but she has the ball. But she's yeah. just not that girl. Like she's not Sutton is not like a I wouldn't even consider Sutton to really be like a diamond holder. Like I would almost say that Sutton would be a better friend. She's just not the person who can like How fully- dare you, Troy? How dare you? What are you saying? Listen, listen, that's uncalled for, but I think what you're saying, like, she's not an early season Rinna. Like, Rinna, before she lost control, was great at taking the ball and running with it, and she got really sloppy towards the end, but she's not that. Like, it's, it's somebody that doesn't know how to use their powers, but they have a power. But they have it, and she doesn't know. It's like she doesn't know how to hold Kyle accountable the way Lisa Vanderpump used to. When Lisa Vanderpump was on this show, yes! Kyle was like, a, she was such a good girl. You know what I mean? Like, she knew better yeah, yeah, than yeah, to yeah. get totally out of line because Lisa Vanderpump would get her fucking together. And now there's nobody to really, like, gather her and get her together. And Sutton just isn't the one. Well, I mean, it'll be interesting to see this play out, but it's going to be sloppy. But do you think there is a world in which this leads to Lisa Vanderpump coming back? Which she said at BravoCon, she was like, I would never come back. Well, I don't need that. Do you think there is a world in which this is leading to that? I mean, I've prayed on it. If God is good, it'll happen. (laughs) I don't know. I want it to happen. I'm praying that God it happens. I miss her beyond words I, I i didn't always necessarily agree with lisa vanderpump but my god like it's yeah, so clear yeah. that the show needs her it's so obvious you know do you think god if if heaven exists do you think god is ever like if if some of us get to heaven and there's like oh troy great to see you love the podcast hey <laughs> the only thing that's going to ding you up here is you literally prayed to me to have lisa vanderpump back on the show and there was just so many other big problems and i was just really worried about you and i know ryan prayed uh about a couple weird things as well like i i sometimes wonder if god's like what the fuck are these people doing down there Listen, if a TikTok star can get on stage and say that they prayed for some stupid award that nobody's never ever even heard of, I feel like <laughs> I can pray for the housewives to be, um, you know, it's an institution, you know? Well, what are you guys in the world of blinds? What have you heard about Kyle and Morgan that have perked up your ears? Because we've been hearing about this relationship forever. And I'm not like, I don't know if it's like, obviously, it's a special friendship. Obviously, Kyle, we now know, has gone through so much. And she does need somebody to lean on. And especially somebody that is not in that scene that doesn't Mm -hmm. hasn't been there for these past 13 years and for a relationship. And I know how powerful that is when you find a friend that you can be new with. But Mm -hmm. I mean, do we think there is a possibility of them? Like, do we think it is more than a friendship or do we think they, cause like Kathy Hilton's put her in holiday photos now on her grid. Like, do we think there is a world in which Kyle um, finally takes this to the new level publicly, how we've all speculated about it. Do we think this is kind of like Kyle getting comfortable with announcing something potentially? Honestly, as far as the, the the Kyle Richards blinds go, to me, the most interesting thing about them has always been that it's of extremely open secret that Mauricio has all these other women and he has a type and, you know, he's kind of sloppy where he brings these women to his offices and like, 
everybody that like works in the service industry, like the high end service industry in Beverly Hills knows his type. And they always say that he loves these like Instagrammy kind of girls that basically look like early Kardashians, you know, with like dark hair and like big Instagram butts and tiny waists and big boobs. Like he's a type. And I don't necessarily think that I don't think that Kyle is in a lesbian relationship, I'll be honest. But do I think that she is taking this opportunity to, like, be as messy as he's been for so long and to have a little fun with it and use it for press and maybe make him feel bad? Sure. And honestly, like, I've heard other people say, like, I would imagine he's probably with his daughters now working with him so closely it's probably been even more messy and more sloppy and more disrespectful. So I'm not, I don't necessarily blame her for being like, I'm just going to lean in and be like a messy queen. Cause I'm always yeah. the cleanup girl who's trying to make everything seem perfect. But I don't think that she's in a lesbian relationship. I don't, I, I don't. Well, I mean, th- that's, that's really interesting. But then when I hear that, I think, oh my God, what if Morgan Wade is in that relationship? You know, when you're in that relationship and you totally love the person that you're friends with, but they don't love you the same way, but you'll drop everything. Like I I've been in that before where I'm like, oh my God, I love anything that she does. I just, I like, you know, like, do you think then Morgan Wade is just like fucking like waiting for that moment? Kind of like JT to Taylor on Southern charm. Kind of like, I'll go where I'll go anywhere you want, Kyle. I love you. Like, do you, then I almost feel bad for Morgan Wade. I can totally see that, but I also think this is an amazing opportunity for her. It's such good publicity, amazing press, and I I would imagine for her it's probably not super difficult to be the girl that is, like, in this position of making this woman's husband, like, so jealous. Like, it's a fun position to be in. It's a fun role to you know what I mean? And then she's got a little spot on the show where she gets to have these FaceTimes and like, I don't know. I don't think it's the, I don't, I just don't think that it's as deep as everybody's making it out to be. I think that they're all just kind of being messy. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I just find it interesting. And I think you're the same way of like that. I love doing this, but like, I don't want to be a star. I don't want to be like, I don't want to be like, I want to be able to talk about this, but I don't want to be, I feel so douchey when I have to like do like some kind of, uh, influencer video or something like that. Like it makes me feel weird. And I can't imagine like, you know, at a certain point of day, these are real people. And I just can't ever imagine like trading off something, trading off of public, my public persona just to get more downloads or just to get more spins. But I guess anything is possible in this day and age. And it's an attention economy and we're all vying for eyes and ears. I didn't know who that was before any of this happened. I, I have never heard yeah, that. Name you're in right. Me too. Me too. And me now, too. And By the way, there you go. <laughs> well, remember that movie can't buy me love with Patrick Dempsey. Yes. That, I mean, this is kind of like that. Like, I'll pay you ten. I'll pay you a thousand dollars to be my girlfriend. Pretend to be my girlfriend, and it kind of is the can't buy me love theory for me. Um, you say you watch Southern Charm, right? I'm deeply passionate about Southern Charm right now. It's crazy. Okay, good because I don't get to cover it as much on this show, but I do think this past week's episode was one of like it's been a really good season. Um, yeah. and the scene between 
I mean, it's really fascinating because you have Shep and Austin, which I think is like two sides of the same coin, but they're mm-hmm. arguing over behavior. You have Whitney in the scene. We find out or Austin lets it slip that they potentially did the hippity dippity and him and Taylor slept together. He almost slips, but he catches himself. Then you have Craig, who's somehow turned into the reliable narrator on Southern Charm. Where are you with Southern Charm right now? Because it really a lot of the flack is given to Olivia and Taylor and their behavior when all of the men are doing fucking tap dances around these women in terms of behavior. Where, How do you see Southern Charm this season? So what I find so interesting about this show is that it's like the only Bravo show that's being led by straight men. And I just think that that's so interesting because <laughs> it's a perspective that I personally don't ever get to see. And the thing about it is that these are the kind of guys that will say, this, these are the exact kind of men that will say, you know, women are so petty. Women can't ever get over things. Guys, when we have arguments, we go outside and, and share a cigar and it's over with and we don't have issues like this. This is what this is what it looks like inside a group like that, where it's like <laughs> that's clearly not true. And you guys will apologize to each other every single day after you've been out drinking and then you fight because you're not actually dealing with any of your issues. And I've always been, I have always been a Craig apologist. I have, I will say it on record. I love Craig. I love Craig. I'm obsessed with him. Anytime I've ever talked about the show, I'm like, you guys don't get it. The only reason that he gets this like dopey idiot edit is because he's surrounded by people that are uncomfortable with his like, his quirkiness and what what they basically used to say was like he's secretly gay he paints his nail he likes to sew he's accept- and you know what i mean and it's like it's guys like shep that are like super insecure or insecure and are really totally like threatened by somebody like craig and always has been and i just find it so interesting now that he's so angry that there's nothing that he can like deflect onto Craig because that's what he's always done is deflect his bad behavior on Craig and be like, well, Craig's so stupid. Yeah. He saves pillows. It's like, okay, well, you're a 50 year old drunk and you wear <laughs> bourbon shirts on the red carpet. Like you're a nightmare. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, I, I fully believe that the Shep family is like a blink away from a Murdoch situation. If it hasn't happened already, I'm like, you guys have buried bodies together. I'm sorry. The, Shep, <laughs> the, the the men of Shep's family have buried bodies. Well, who, who comes out on the this week on the show? Yeah. Shep admits he's Taylor's like, yeah, I was only like pleasured probably three times to completion, and yeah. and and Shep was like, hey, I get, hey, I got mine, I got mine. Who admits that that he's a selfish lover? And then on the flip side, Austin's like. I make sure a woman's like completely pleased. I'm like, that, that is like, uh, it's both weird in certain, in different ways because then, you know, when Taylor and, and Austin did hook up, he was like, I got to go the extra mile just to like really pun it. Cause at the end of the day, he was fucking chef. Even if he was fucking Taylor. He was fucking chef in his mind. Mm-hmm. He was fucking chef. And Craig and Austin have a weird hang up with chef because chef bullied them so much. And Craig, mm-hmm. it's so nice to finally see him break out of that fully where I think he's really gotten to a point. Maybe it's Paige's influence. Maybe it's just his own confidence with the pillows. He's gotten past that and he realized he doesn't take the bait anymore that Shep hands out. That's, I mean, honestly, I couldn't have said it better myself. And I honestly think that he, you know, they've all dated this specific kind of woman that lives in, in this town that thinks like 
every guy that she hooks up with could be marriage potential. Like they kind of take advantage of this, this like kind of woman that this like very specific kind of white woman that exists in that town. And I think that with Craig dating Paige, a woman from New York, who's like, doesn't think that it's some weird thing that her boyfriend likes to sew. Doesn't it mean, it doesn't mean that he's a homosexual. And even if it did, it wouldn't matter. I think that he has found yeah. power in the fact that he's like dating a woman that does not subscribe to those like old school, traditional ideas that they are so used to. Um, and honestly, I just feel like Shep is, he's a nightmare. Like he's the exact kind of man that like, gets a an allowance his entire life and lives off of this trust fund and is just an adult baby. Like, he really is a nightmare. Well, I call it the also the Anthony Bourdain effect, in a sense. Anthony Bourdain didn't live off a trust fund, but all of these men of a certain wealth and a certain, like, they consider it like an artistic bent. Like, they read one Anthony Bourdain book or read, mm-hmm. like, watch one of his shows and they're like, I love food, I love to travel, I'm an adventurer. So Shep, considers himself an adventurer and he's able to have the time and money to do those things he considers mm-hmm. himself a beat poet but he's a beat like he's a trust fund beat poet that ne- is potentially too lazy to write the poetry yeah. <laughs> yeah. totally and like every travel every vacation that he's taken has been like under the guise of like i can do whatever i want it's not like He's going out and having these eat, pray, love experiences. He's just getting belligerent <laughs> everywhere he goes. And it's like, okay, like, cool. Yeah, I've gotten drunk in a lot of foreign countries, you know. But it would be amazing. Now I want to see, like, what is the thing that Shep would, like, have an eat, pray, love? Like, what, what is the thing that would change Shep entirely? Like, like, uh, like we just watched that Love Has Won, the mother god. Like, what, could Shep ever devote his life to a cult? Like, what is the thing that Shep will change his whole worldview? But you're right. At this point, you know, any relationship's never going to matter because he's going to be okay financially like he believes in himself enough that it's just never going to matter but as that as as you get older you see how that behavior kind of almost makes you ugly in a sense and mm-hmm. it's going to get worse before it gets better for him i think this is another thing i was talking about last night with my friend like i was thinking if let's just say like chef and austin and and like whitney I'll leave Craig out because he's like in a real relationship. But let's just say that they were like dropped in like Manhattan. It's like, do yeah. I think that women would be throwing themselves off of bridges for Shep in like New in Manhattan? No, I don't. I just don't see that. I think that they take advantage of such a specific kind of woman and they know how to play all the beats. You know what I mean? And it's really sick, honestly. Like, I mean, just the fact that he like uh Shep is such a, a, a like open enthusiastic atheist and I don't I mean I'm not a religious person at all but then he has like pretended that he's gonna marry this woman who is like devoted to Christ you don't fucking care about this girl you don't care about this girl like they just know what to say to these kinds of women well or maybe in his head he thinks 
well, I could get there someday. Like, oh, I mean, may like who knows? But I do think TV exacerbates this certain type of male. It exacerbates their bad behavior because what you say is correct. Like, even though he's rich, if Shep wasn't on television, he would have a very hard time in Manhattan. But since he yeah. is on television, that makes it a completely different thing. So women that wouldn't touch this guy at all, once you're on television, that is still in the year 2023, really exciting for a certain type of person. So they're able to still kind of like create destruction wherever they go. I would include Austin, especially in this, but Austin kind of is almost a chef 2.0. And he's like, he's like Terminator. He's like a, a better, I'm a better machine. I know how to do this better than you. Like he presents himself as like, he gets he gets empathy. He gets like sympathy. He plays on people's emotions that way. So I find it interesting that he's a better version of Shep in terms of being able to get a body count on women. First of all, you've never said anything more poetic. He truly is T2. He's the second generation <laughs> Terminator, he's the liquid metal Terminator. And I will say, like, as much as, <laughs> as much as I shit on Shep, I will tell you something. Austin would fuck up my life. Austin would fuck me up emotionally because he is so charming at the right times. Like he's so, he has this like really sad story that is very like, you want to like rescue him. You want to save him. And he even says like, yeah. I'm the rom-com guy, you know, like I'm the guy from the romantic comedy. I also will say that I think that, but when you say has, you're the rom-com guy, that means you've li literally fantasized about yourself. When he's, I heard that comment and I was like, that's wild for you to present, you put that out there because you are the lead in your own movie and it's wild because that's just not, you're like a blow, you're a Blumhouse horror film, dude. That's why I think that he also has a tinge of Lindsay Lohan disorder. He loves the, the <laughs> drama. He loves the up and down. I don't think that he feels like it's a real relationship unless it's a torrid love affair. It's Shakespearean. It's got to be, be, you know, we're t being torn apart and then put like, it's like, it's got to be dramatic. And that also plays into his like rom-com narrative of him basically being the, the, the main character. Like he's got main character energy in the worst way. You know what I mean? And like, I think yeah. that he does need a little, a, he, he can't be in anything that's like too stable. Yeah, well, I wanted to lead this into like Olivia and Taylor because I was thinking about this over the weekend because Taylor, obviously, and rightfully so, getting a lot of flack for making a really horrible decision. Of course, Austin makes it works and th like makes her the aggressor of like, she, she took me, dude. She came at me, man. But I will say, I do think this is a little bit of the audience's fault as well, myself included, because when Taylor and Austin did a scene last season when they were like shopping, and everybody was like, oh, my God, they belong together. She doesn't need to be with Shep. She needs to be with him. And we all made memes. We all talked about that idea of, oh, my God, Austin needs to be with Taylor. So I will say Taylor, obviously, extremely fucked up in the head. But I do mm -hmm. think a little bit of whatever happened between them, Taylor was thinking, oh, he's the guy that will treat me right. He's the guy I should be with. Everybody says he's the guy I should be with. Do you think I'm fully up my own ass saying that? Because I just remembered that this weekend of how we were gaga about them last year. No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I, honestly, the way that I look at her is like she's got a little Lindsay Lohan disorder as well. She clearly yeah, I mean, loves messy. drama. 
You know what I mean? But like you didn't she see, I, I never saw that before. We never saw, like, I really didn't think of her like this at all. Like, I just didn't think she had it in her. And mm-hmm. it shows you, though, also, I, I, by the way, this could be, this is speculation, but also it shows you that she really was with Shep all those years because it's a little bit of Shep behavior. Well, listen, you can never underestimate the girl who parades and presents herself around like a fucking, like she's Bambi. I mean, it's always those girls that have the most like, like volcanic energy trapped beneath the surface because she used to go around all day pretending that she's a fucking, this Christian Bo Peep, you know what I mean? Like, and it's yeah. like really at the end of the day, like she's also just like kind of a young a girl that wants to like hook up and get wasted and be messy and you know do all the things. Like, and I really honestly, I feel kind of bad for her that they're like they're all presenting it as like you lied to us, like you claimed to be a good girl, and it turns out you're really like a whore, and like you know none of us really knew. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh my god, like come on. Well, where are you with Olivia and Taylor? Because it's interesting because the men, like you said, this this show is about straight men in a lot of ways, but it presents itself as also telling women's stories. And I do find it interesting that the Olivia Taylor stuff, you know, they're obviously in this fight. And I agree with Olivia. Like, I don't know how this friendship can. That seems like a really obvious one of don't have sex with this guy, Austin. They Mm -hmm. and especially if you're talking about how to get him back, it seems like a really hard thing to come back from. And then Taylor goes. Oh, I don't want to be, I, I don't want to be with friends with somebody. I don't want to be friends with somebody that doesn't forgive. Like she almost says, how dare you, Olivia, for not forgiving me? You're a bad person for that. Well, I think that like, honestly, I don't feel like any of them are living in their truth. Like at the end of the day, like they both want to be cool with Austin. They, they can't admit it. You know what I mean? Like. I think Olivia wants yeah. to still be cool with him. And I, I unfortunately kind of agree with Austin when he says like, it's about appearances. Like it's about like, how is this group going to perceive me if I'm nice to him at this dinner? But then when we have moments alone, I'll flirt with him and banter and we'll be like we used to. And yes, I'll go over his house and watch movies and like, we can do this like boyfriend experience thing. But then when I'm in front of everybody, I need to look like I'm a badass and like, I don't take shit. So I'm going to like, screaming yeah um well i mean and also finally in terms of whitney uh whitney is always cracking me up in weird ways not on purpose um (laughs) has there ever been blinds of what the fuck is whitney's deal i know he's a producer on the show but it's interesting because i'm still not over the fact that taylor sent him a suggestive picture and especially he's a producer on the show so i feel like that blurs lines really like have you ever got have you read any blinds about whitney has there ever been any speculation about him and his existence I sort of pretend Whitney doesn't exist. Like even when he comes on screen, he <laughs> makes me so uncomfortable. He reminds me of an animatronic at an amusement park. Like when he opened that door and he was wearing his little his little Elvis suit and like doing his little swivel yeah. with all the champagne. I was like, you. I'll never forget a million years ago when Cameron said that he sleeps upside down, <laughs> like <laughs> hanging from Wait, the ceiling. Remember that scene with his with his foreign girlfriend where he played guitar for her. When he was like, 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 say, oh my God, it was so, it was so wild. I've never read um, any about Whitney and I do not, I think the executive producer thing is so unfair because he can dip in and do weird little things and then dip out for weeks and be like, I'm, I'm working. I'm on the computer working. Doing what? 
you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, dude, we're almost at the hour. Do you have 10 more minutes? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, dude. Um, uh, okay. So Southern charm, I think it's having a great season as we start winding down here. Um, uh, where are you? We're ramping up for Vanderpump rules, January 30th. We've got our first trailer for the new season. Um, where are, cause I, I mean, I, I was trying to, and I got excited about it, but I had, uh, obviously like a lot of us Vanderpump exhaustion, where are you headed into this new season? What do you think is potentially going to happen? And what do you agree about a, do, do you agree with a Tom Sandoval redemption season this close to the actual quote unquote crime? So yes, I was experiencing Vanderpump exhaustion. I was really tired of talking about it at the end of the at the end of the day. Um, I I'm excited. I will tell you that for me, I'm more excited. <laughs> this is gonna sound so fucked up, but I'm more excited about the fallout of what happened last year or this year more so than like the actual events of it. Like I'm beat to death with the events of what happened. I'm interested in seeing how this like shakes out because when it all started happening and Ariana kept getting like endorsement deals and, and deals and, and offers and whatever, in my mind, I was like, how long until they're not okay with that? Like how long until a Sheena or a Lala is like, okay, well, all right, bitch dancing with the stars, Broadway. Yep. Like when does it end? Like too much. You know, You've it's gotten too much. too much. So that's what I'm I'm excited to see that fallout. Cause I'm like, there's no way that you can pretend to be happy for her through all of this stuff. You just can't. Like yes. and you know what I mean? And I was so happy to see what? my old school Sheena back, like making it about her. That's so healing to me. <laughs> well, that's what I think. It's like Vanderpump rules. If you take it away, if you stop stop looking at the show as a bunch of people that work at a bar, start looking at the show as a group of influencers that are fighting mm-hmm. over brand deals that are not used to having success. And all of a sudden they were thrust into the spotlight again for things that they've done the entirety of the run. But one person has shown like shined brightly more so than any of the other women on that show at that point. And it could have been any of them. In fact, Lala seems like she has a bug up her butt of, you know, why didn't this, you know, it's like, I love that. She's like, why, you know, like, Oh my God, she's God. And it almost seems like Lala is frustrated that she didn't get the same kind of shine from Randall Emmett. And it's like, you're never going to get that shine. Cause we didn't believe in Randall Emmett to begin with. We started to believe in Tom Sandoval. Right. And it's, it's that thing, like you said, with reality stars too, where it's like, well, I've shared so much. Like if we're gauging this based on like what, has been exposed on the show everybody has an argument you know and i just think like there's no way that that can go on forever of them just being unapologetically head like head over heels washing her feet with their hair in love with ariana this it it can't last forever in this group um and then to answer your your uh sandoval question listen this show needs villains Tom Sandoval is a great villain. And I'm not saying that I, again, that I want to like get lunch with Tom. I don't, but like I enjoy Tom's brand of villain and I enjoy his brand of cringe. And obviously a lot of people do because every (laughs) time he goes outside, it goes viral and people love reposting him doing embarrassing shit out in in WeHo. I love it. And I'm ready for more Tom Sandoval on my screen. (laughs) Well, he's he's a, he's a reluctant villain, though. So it's interesting if somebody 
that is not fully used to being presented as a villain. So there is mm-hmm. this thing where you can tell he's angry about it, but he loves it at the same time. Like he yeah. loves getting his picture taken, but he's upset that this is why it's happening. Like, so it's, that is the thing that I find fascinating, that push pull that you're like, and that's what I, how I love watching the shows of like behind the scenes of he's having to lean into this. And I think that's interesting to watch and to find that fight and I, 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 so I'm excited to watch this season for that. I just wonder that he did something that a lot of people don't. He didn't go away. He stayed out there. Like even when this broke, he went on tour. If you compare him to Carl from Summerhouse, Carl disappeared after the Lindsay stuff. Tom Sandoval doubled, tripled down. And at this point, you can't argue that Tom Sandoval's not uh, not having as much. He's having as much success as the rest of the cast members, minus Ariana. Like he's making money off this as well now. Well, I think that he's the difference between a reality star and an ensemble cast member of a reality show. Rachel was a cast member of a show for a season, whereas Tom Sandoval is, whether people want to admit it or not, he's a reality star. Carl is not a reality star, and he never really has been, and I don't think that he like knows how to be. But Tom Sandoval yeah. is a star of a reality show, and that just is what it is. And I think that when people in his position go through stuff like that they know better than to disappear if they want to like turn it into the next thing you know what i mean yeah what do you think about having jacks back um <laughs> i mean i was okay with jacks not being there like i was over <laughs> saw, i will tell you i've said this on your show before once we saw jacks riding a writing more something switched in my brain where i thought we're done it's done it's over like i'll never be I, 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 now that he's in his king of the hill era i'll never go <laughs> well it's so funny because Jax is trying to present it of like Jax is back and he's trying to like lean into i'm a villain i'm a villain but it is funny because at the end of the day he actually is a villain but him leaning into it is so meta because he's like hey guys no matter what I do, remember, it's a character I play on screen. So we can always blame it on that. He can blame it on the yeah. meta-ness of I'm playing a character, which I find fascinating as well. Can Tom Sandoval destroy your life just like Austin can? Or is it a different thing? No. Maybe at one point in the past, I would say like years and years ago when it felt like he was like, I don't know, the best like man of the options on that show. Maybe. But in the, I would say in the past like five years, absolutely not. No. If anything, it would be James Kennedy, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, listen, are you and Kelly uh, beyond the blinds? Are you feeling pressure because uh, the artist formerly known as Raquel, Rachel Levis, is dropping her podcast in January? So I feel <laughs> like this is a direct head to head with a lot of us in the podcasting game. How nervous <laughs> are you and Kelly? Are you already in meetings about how do we how do we make Beyond the Blinds better? We're going to take a huge hit in January. Have you had these discussions? Listen, I'm very excited to see what she says <laughs> on her show. And it could be um, interesting. I think that it's going to be really good. <laughs> By the way, like I said, I'll listen to the first two episodes. I'll listen to the first two. And, and Bethany Frankel is the Frankelnator is producing Rachel's podcast, which I mean, listen, for you with Bethany, you must have had a hard year watching everything that Bethany went through. Oh, oh God. I, Bethany, Bethany and I have had 
truly the most tumultuous relationship. Like Bravo missed the camera should have been filming me and Bethany because my God, (laughs) have I, I don't know if I would say I've turned on Bethany, but it's been, God, it's been difficult to watch that woman. She makes it hard. She makes it hard to stand her in 2023. And I feel like the reality reckoning, which she keeps pushing, I still just don't, I'm still at the end of the day. I just want to be like, Okay, what do you want? What what is it exactly? What do you want? Tell me now in a two sentences what you need to happen for this to like stop. Like what what do you need? Because I still don't understand what it is exactly. Even after listening to her speak about it for so much, so long, and also like what part? Like what are you going to change? Because now all of your contracts for your shows have been made public. The shows that you executive produce and creative and came up with the creative for, and it's all the same shit. It's people's likeness being stolen. It's money being stolen from people. It's shady, weird, like we can install cameras here, here, and here, and you don't have to know. It's all kinds of weird shit that she was also pushing. So it's like, what are you doing to change these things? Because you're a producer. You're the big shot with Bethany. So like, you know what I mean? You're the one that left Bravo and said, I don't need this anymore because I'm going to make my own shows. So what are you doing for those? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> she better have the fairest contracts in the business, but I will say she's done some good. She brought Nini back to Bravo. I think what? we're going to see Nini back on Bravo in some form. So she did do good. So I'm excited about that. Um, but also in 2024, I'm excited about you as always and beyond the blinds. This thing is a juggernaut. When are we going to get new tour dates? Because you guys, I mean, you're like the Grateful Dead at this point. You're touring everywhere. What what can we expect from Beyond the Blinds in 24? Well, we have a really, really great um, touring manager right now. And 2023 was like a little bit of a struggle with the touring stuff. Like we were like figuring it out. And, like, Is it the our- same as Tom Sandoval's touring? Ma- Is it Tom Sandoval's <laughs> touring manager? Yeah, we just show up everywhere and do covers of songs and then get in the mall stage. <laughs> Uh, we do we do covers of blinds covers of blind like yeah. classic blinds yeah. um but yeah we're figuring it out and we have a list uh an official list of cities that we're going to be going to the dates aren't confirmed because we have to like our tour manager has to confirm the dates with the venues but um it's like good it's it's all over the place it's a lot of places that people have wanted us to come to places like texas and Atlanta and it's just going to be really fun and if you've never been to a beyond the blind show there every single one of them is completely different because we cover somebody different each show so you can come to all of them and get wasted and walk out with a gaggle of friends and yeah yeah it's like a community that's what it's all about is the community that you guys have created and you get to steer that ship but it's a community of amazing fans that really just love that. And I, I like that thought. And I felt that about BravoCon is like, you know, you could go by yourself and walk out with a handful of friends after going to one of your shows. Yeah, a lot of our listeners go alone. I actually had one of my friends, um, my friend Katie, who I've been talking about, she went alone because she would have gone with me, but I'm, you know, on the stage. So I was like, no, you'll be fine. Like, I'm telling you, you're going to leave with a group of friends. And she still talks. That was like a year ago. She still talks to a lot of the people that she met at the show. Like people leave with a a Yaya sisterhood. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, we had a sisterhood of the traveling pants reunion this weekend. So I'm going to think you guys are the podcast of the traveling pants and uh, wherever you go brings in people. Uh, and then, uh, I mean, so guys beyond the blinds, of course, go, you're already subscribed, but if not go subscribe, check it out. It will be your new favorite obsession. Um, two episodes a week, I believe. And then in a very active Patreon as well. And then to leave, I just need your thoughts on something that just broke five hours ago. Demi Lovato and Jordan Jutes Lutz are engaged. Uh, are you very happy that Demi Lovato is engaged? Uh, I believe this is her. She's been engaged before. Are you inci- excited about this new engagement for Demi? You know, I'm excited for anything that Demi Lovato does publicly because it's always just so silly and odd and strange and like fun demi lovato is a fun celebrity people can talk shit about demi but like it's fun to have demi pop up in the news so we're all rooting for you gal i'm rooting i'm rooting for demi absolutely i'm excited for her i just the only thing that bothered me was that he calls himself jutes (laughs) j-u-t-e-s like that's his i was like well maybe you know let's dial it if your if your nickname is jutes i don't know for some reason that kind of stuck in my craw but Demi Lovato is one of those people you you root for. Heart Attack is one of my favorite songs of all time. It is such a bop. And it is one, even if I don't understand fully Renee rap, I will always understand Demi Lovato. And I will understand the pull and the allure of Troy McKeady and his talent, his unique talent, which we will con- we will continue to see the ascension, the rise. Uh, he will never have a Puff Daddy, a Jay-Z moment. He <laughs> is good as gold. And just really quickly... I, you started this off. You're in Jersey. You're at a resort in Jersey, you guys. So that's why the Wi-Fi was a little bad. Why did you go to a resort in Jersey, uh, uh, Troy? Uh, you're not hiding out. Why Why are you there? Well, because I am a real big, like, I, the TikTok girls will get me to do anything. And if I see enough people on TikTok being like, this is the, the best undiscovered location ever. You are never going to believe this undiscovered gem. Like, I'll go. <laughs> I, I'm here because I saw a bunch of girls on TikTok talking about it. And it's honestly iconic. Have you gotten to the TikTok of the people doing the uh, nine-month cruise? Oh, I'm obsessed. I've made sure to follow every single person. I want to see what happens <laughs> Well, Troy, I feel like that if you do, I feel like that's your destiny is a nine month cruise. You'll be podcasting off of uh, potentially in 2025. Uh, Troy, thank you. I know you are on vacation. So thank you for taking the time with all of us. Uh, I hope you had as good of a time as I did. It's always a fascinating conversation and I could have done this for hours more. But thank you for always taking time for us and uh, me. And I hope you have the best end of the year and the best 2024. Well, thank you so much, Ryan. You too. And thanks for having me. This was so much fun. So Bad It's Good is a Betches Media production. The show is hosted and produced by me, Ryan Bailey, with Meditza Lopez and Sandra Fryer. Additional support provided by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Steinberg. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Video promotion by Laura Valencia. Be sure to send us your emails at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey at gmail.com and follow the show at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey on Instagram. And for additional craziness, go to Patreon.com forward slash SoBadIt'sGood. Stay bad, baddies. Batches.